Hi, this is Christian Kuhn at Urban Village Church in Chicago. It's great to be with you again, friends. Thanks for listening. I hope you are either having or had a great Labor Day weekend. Today, I'm going to be reading from the book of Proverbs. We've been focusing on this book in this sermon series that we are doing here at our church. And I'll say a little bit more about that in a second. But right now, this is Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 27. My child, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet, and all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. May God's blessing be on the reading and living out of this word. So my dad celebrated his 68th birthday this past week, and he celebrated a few days before that by getting his knee replaced. He's always been pretty active his whole life. He's been an active uh, runner and does all kinds of activities, too. He was uh, an influence, certainly for me, and my own involvement from with running at an early age. And so as he was talking about what uh, he might be doing once he got this knee replacement, I think there was probably in his own mind a vision, perhaps, of what he, he will do or what he will be able to do now with this new knee. Uh, I don't know if running was part of... Uh, being able to get back on his knee again, but he sort of likes to bike, and I think that's been a little bit hindered by his previous knee. He likes to cross-country ski in the winter. Um, He recently retired, so maybe he had in his list all these things that he was anticipating, this vision of this new knee and all the things that he would be able to do again. And I played a little part in that dreaming because I gave him and my stepmother a gift certificate for dancing lessons as a way for them to think about, all right, here's what you'll be able to do with this new knee. But before he gets to that big vision of all the things that he'll be able to do, there is first a step-by-step process of rehab. You have to go to rehab a certain number of times a week for a certain number of weeks. And I know my dad, and he's you know a guy who can handle this. Uh, he's always been able to overcome any discomfort or challenge or pain, and so I have no doubt that he'll be able to handle it. But there'll be lots of things, exercises, keeping the knee elevated, etc., all of those things before he gets to the big vision of what he wants to do with this new knee. But even before he gets to the point of the therapy and the exercises and everything else, there's been something else that he's had to deal with. And that's nausea that he has experienced because of the pain medication that he got after his surgery. So this whole thing has been a process. Before he gets to where he wants to be, he first has to tackle what's in front of him and not even tackle what he thought was going to be in front of him. That was the therapy trips and the exercises and everything else. He first has to figure a way, with help from his doctors, how to take a certain painkiller that doesn't make him nauseous. That's the thing that's right in front of him. Don't get sick. And then he can do those other things, and that will lead him to the big thing that he wants to be. It's all one step at a time. Well, we continue this series, sermon series we're doing here at Urban Village called Serenity, Four Ways of Dealing with Anxiety. 
And one of the reasons we're doing this series is that we've heard from a fair number of our folks that uh, anxiety is something that, um, that you really struggle with. Sometimes our minds take off into all kinds of dark places, and this can have a negative impact on our spiritual lives. So two weeks ago, we talked about thinking about where we are, no matter where we are in our lives, just knowing we stop and we remember where we are and that God, the foundation of our lives, is always with us, regardless of where we are. Last week, we talked about recognizing limits and letting go of the need to be perfect and trust that the God who is always with us will help us as we let go of perfection and let go of these things to God. Today, then, we look at the question, all right, but what can we actually do? I mean, in our minds, we may think, yes, God is my foundation and we can let go of limits, but then is there something I can actually do in order to get to this point where anxiety is not having as big an impact on my life. Another way of thinking about this, we've been looking and exploring the serenity prayer, which is often used in 12-step programs, that prayer that goes, God, grant me the serenity. And that's that first part, foundation. God is our foundation. And then the prayer continues, to accept the things I cannot change. In other words, knowing our limits, we're not perfect. And then the next part of that prayer is courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So it's that section, courage to change the things I can, that we're going to be focusing on today. What can we do to make this change happen in our lives? Well, as you might have guessed from my opening illustration, it is a process. It's a process that involves our whole body and being because anxiety affects more than just our minds and maybe more than just a little flutter in our stomach anxiety can have a really huge impact on our physical being from the expert website webmd it, it tells us that chronic worrying affects our daily life so much that it interferes with appetite lifestyle habits relationships sleep and job performance and then many people who worry excessively are so anxiety ridden that they seek relief in less than helpful lifestyle habits like overeating or smoking or alcohol and drugs. Alcohol can ha- or sorry, anxiety can affect our whole body. So it's helpful that we look at this text from Proverbs today that emphasizes our whole bodies. I don't know if you picked this up on the reading or not. Let me read it one more time and pay attention to the number of body parts really that this author of Proverbs is talking about. My child, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance and for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech or another translation is mouth. And put devious talk from far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Turn your foot away from evil. So you probably picked up on my emphasis on all of the different uh, words that relate to our body. 
And interestingly, too, I think it's important for us to focus, especially when the author of Proverbs here, and again, when I've talked about Proverbs, it's a reminder, especially these first nine verses, nine chapters of Proverbs, that experts believe that these were really written by uh, experts at this time who were talking to either their adult, young adult children or others to giving them um, adages to live their life by, advice on how to, to live their lives. And when the author here is talking about heart, and he says that twice, it's important to note that in the, the ancient Hebrews used heart to indicate the whole inner person, that a person's will and thought and feelings. It's not just heart and head, but when they say heart, they're really meaning their whole body, their whole selves when they talk about heart. Keep them within your heart. Keep your whole body attuned to what this um, author of Proverbs is saying, to fear the Lord, which we've talked about the last couple of weeks. If we do this, if we keep these words, if we keep this wisdom in our hearts, in our whole being, then our whole body is affected. Again, let me go back to verse 22, and I want to read this from a different translation. This is from the message, a modern translation. Verse 22 says this, Those who discover these words live, really live, body and soul, they're bursting with health. What a great thing to have in our lives, isn't that? Bursting with health. If we keep these wise words if we go back to what we said two weeks ago, if we keep God at our center, if we recognize our own limits, if we give up that need for perfection, if we get those words in our hearts and in our whole selves, then we begin the process of really living. Body and soul that are bursting with health. What a wonderful image. What a wonderful goal for us to have. I think many people who are anxious, they want body and soul bursting with health. But even the thought of that, the thought of getting there can be overwhelming. In order to do that, we must let our eyes look directly forward and our gaze be straight before us. One com- in other words, one commentator said, we need to put first thing firsts. We need to take this one step at a time. Just like my dad thinking, all these great things that I'm going to do with this new knee. But then he knows, nope, first, got to go through therapy, got to keep the knee elevated, got to go all these different exercises. But then even before those steps, he realized, I have to not get sick. I have to not be nauseous before I can do those things that lead to those things. The first thing in front of me, keep your eyes directly forward. I have to figure out a way so that I'm not getting nauseous and can get sleep. So when we think about living a life that is that does not have anxiety at our center, at its center, that when we have a life that that bursts with health, we have to think about what is the first step for me to get to that point. I had a phone conversation this week with a pastoral counselor. He works uh, as a retired pastoral counselor uh, who did um, ministry in Iowa, the state of Iowa, with United Methodists there. I was talking to him about this project that I'm working on, writing this book about fear. And he was saying that sometimes when pastors or clergy would call him, after some conversation with him, they would admit to him 
that they knew in their minds that they were frustrated in their job and they didn't know what to do. And they thought, well, I should maybe talk to this pastoral counselor, even though it was really hard for them. So they knew what their end goal was. I want to be uh, happier with my life. I want to be happier with my ministry. And they knew the first step is I need to have these conversations with Larry Sonner. That might be a way for to help us get to that point. But even before that, of course, you actually have to make the phone call. That's the step that they had to take because some clergy admitted to Larry that it took them literally, they would dial the number and it would ring and they'd hang up. They'd pick up the phone again. They said, no, I know where I want to be. I know I want a life that's bursting with health. Pick up the phone, dial the number, it would ring, and then they'd hang up again. Sometimes Larry said that pastors would admit that they hung up four or five times before they actually let it go through and they would utter those words to Larry, I need help. So for them, making a phone call, dialing numbers, letting it ring, and then letting someone answer the phone That was the thing that was in front of them first. That was the first step for them. That was their way of making sure that they were letting their eyes look directly forward and their gaze be put before them. All of us, when we think about a life that bursts with health, we have to think not about, it can get overwhelming to think, how do I get there? And even then we might be able to list, well, there's like 10, 20, 30 things that we can do in order to get to that point. But then we have to realize I can't even think that far ahead. I have to think about one thing that's directly in front of me. I can't look ahead too far. I have to keep my gaze straight before myself, as Proverbs says. And then I have to take that first step. And I cannot answer what if that is for you. Maybe it is engaging in some of the spiritual exercises that we've talked about in our worship service. We've done work on a breath prayer, a body prayer. This Sunday we're talking about how we can focus our, our um, have focus on a candle, and that might be a way to bring us back and remember what is and who is our foundation. Maybe just naming the fact that we are letting anxiety rule our lives, that anxiety is the foundation and not God, just writing that down perhaps, or uttering it to somebody else, like when those clergy would call and just say, I need help. Maybe it's just, I need to, I need to go for a walk. And then name to somebody else or a group, I want the courage to change the things I can. What is the one thing that I can change? And that in itself can be overwhelming. But when we can name that one thing and then we can take those small steps toward it, that then gets us to a point where we said, okay, what's the next thing? We cannot just jump immediately to say, I want that life that's bursting with health and tomorrow it's going to happen for me. We have to first say to ourselves, what's the one step in front of me? How can I keep that my gaze straight before me and see what that one thing is and name it and then find someone who can help me confront it and then work with it or overcome it or whatever it is for you to get to that point. A few weeks ago, we were uh, in Michigan City, Indiana, visiting a friend of ours, and we were in this little cul-de-sac, and we were chatting, and it was a there was nobody around at all, and I don't know how this happened, how this came up, but my daughter, who's 14, uh, I'm 14 and a half, she uh, wanted to, 
she said jokingly, I think something about, well, I'll drive, you know, I'll, I'll drive us out of the cul-de-sac. And we all kind of laugh because she's 14. She doesn't have a learner's permit, anything like that. And then this friend of ours was kind of saying, I think you should, there's nobody around here. And so I was thinking, well, this is very funny. We, you know, my daughter's never driven before. She's not going to drive. But then there was something in my head that thought, well, when I was her age, I was beginning to get my permit. For, when I was growing up at that time, 14 was when you got your permit and 16 when you got your license. We were in a place where there was, there was nobody around, deserted road, and I thought, well, what the heck? I'll let her go, you know, a few feet. I'll let her go to the end of this little block. And so we decided to go ahead and let her do this. And so all of a sudden, it's like, it, I'm remembering just how powerful a car is. And we have a minivan, so it's even bigger uh, than normal. And so Caroline, I'm sure in her mind, she's thinking about all these things. And both I'm sitting in the front and my wife is sitting in the back. And we're both at this, kind of at the same time giving her instructions. Like, okay, here's this is the gas. On the right, this is the thing that makes the car go. This is the brake. Keep your foot on the gas and on the brake at the same time. Here's the steering wheel. Here's what you got to do to put it in drive. So all of a sudden, it's like Caroline, in her mind, is thinking, I just want to be able to say that I drove, even if it's just a few feet. And all of a sudden, all these things, these steps are being thrown at her. Like, you got to make sure you're paying attention to this and doing this. And so we got putting it in drive, and then she steps on the gas. And you can imagine she has absolutely no experience, so she just punches the gas thing, and all of a sudden it's like, it lurches forward, and she immediately like hits the brake. And so at that moment, I knew, all right, we have given her way too many things to think about in order to get where we need to go, and that's just a few feet in front of us. So I thought, all right, here's what we're going to do. Right now, you just worry about this brake. Keep your foot on that brake. The car will not go anywhere until you let up on that brake. And then the car will go on its own. At this point, don't even worry about the gas. The car will inch forward. It'll go slowly, but it'll start inching forward just by you taking your foot off the brake. So let's just focus on the brake. And that's what we did. She let her foot up off the brake. And amazingly, the car started to move. And I could kind of see in her eyes, like, this is really uh, pretty amazing. And she's starting to steer a little bit. And we're inching forward and going down this little road. And we probably went, I don't know, 100 yards or so. And then we got to an intersection. And then it was like, all right, now you need to stop. And that was the end of our driving lesson for the day. And I think the same thing can happen to us. It may be that first step for you may be just lifting your foot up off the brake. Because the thing about being a people of faith is we believe even just lifting that foot up on the brake. And I think a little bit is like last week we talked about letting go. And when we say, I'm letting go, Lord, I'm letting you lead me here. Letting our foot up off the brake, the spirit moves us forward slowly. But the Spirit moves us forward. So maybe that one thing for you is I'm just going to let my foot up off the brake. I have stopped myself so many times from engaging in my faith life. I've stopped myself so many times and I've got my foot firmly on that brake. So maybe one thing is let your foot off. Move that foot. That foot that Proverbs talks about. Move that foot 
And that then moves us ever so slowly to live with the help of the Holy Spirit. Take your foot off the brake this week, friends. And whatever that one thing is in your life, that one step that gets you to where you want to be, a life that bursts with health, that's where we want to be. And it starts with letting our foot off the brake and letting the Spirit move us forward. Amen. Friends, thank you again for listening to these words. I always appreciate it. And as always, I am happy to connect with you in any way. So you can email me, chris at urbanvillagechurch.org or tweet me at Christian Kuhn, friend me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram, whatever it is you want to do, however you want to communicate with me. I'm always happy to connect with you. So uh, I hope that uh, whenever you are listening to this, that the remainder of your week is a blessed one. Know that God wants to be in relationship with you, wants to help you move forward to a place of health. And I pray that you have the courage to be able to do that this week. May God's peace be with you.